So, Jer, we had a really good meeting this week, um, and it was just kind of a meeting of our little company and brand that we've started, the Open Road Podcast, of, you know, how can we as a company begin to, you know, go green and, uh, and really push the environmental initiative? And we came up yeah. with some great ideas, but the best one, I think, was yours. Yeah, I think I was just thinking about all of the files we have laying around, yeah. you know? And I think the best thing that we can do just to be really eco-friendly uh, w- with all of these extra files that we have staying around, just taking up room is just to, you know, clear out the Dropbox. Yeah, just clear out that Dropbox account. You know, we got all these audio files that we record and uh, we don't really need them after a while and it gets clogged up. So- you you would not believe the problem of e-waste in our society yeah, today. E-waste. It's, it's just insane. So we're so, going e-waste hard and, uh, and, and, and our, we're just grateful. We are grateful. We're happy to be making our own contribution to the environmental well-being of planet Earth. We challenge you, listeners. Clear that Dropbox account. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Open Road Podcast. Here to just whisk you away for maybe a little bit of an hour of adventure uh, through your ears, audio. My name is Calvin, here with Jeremy. What's up, what's up? Calvin, how you doing what's today, up? brother? Doing pretty good. Um, you know, today is uh, just a, it's a la- kind of a lazy Sunday for me. Just doing some stuff around the house and I got some schoolwork to do. Nice. And it's just, uh, you, you a nap guy at all? Uh, when possible. The, I'm really into the adventure of napping. Yes, tell me more. Ah, the adventure of napping is just something I kind of maybe take a nap once every two months. <laughs> like a full-on during the day nap, and it's just, uh, you always just feel horrible after, but I always quite like it. So it's like this mix of amazing and terrible. Did you nap today? Is that why you, this came up? No, I didn't. I was really driving home, and I was thinking, like, ah, I would love to have a nap today, <laughs> but I have schoolwork to do instead. Speaking on the idea of of naps, I think they're probably in the under the the main category of adventure of the adventure of self care. Self care, which is an important thing. And I'm sitting here, and I have just had a lovely ninety minute massage. That's amazing. Is it? Is that? Was that an at-home massage? This was like, at- were, oh, were you at? Were I youth group and you had a massage <laughs> train? No, not that. Uh, this was. Um, this was a an at-home massage. Um, okay. We have, you know, I have benefits with my work, and I have yep. five hundred bucks on registered massage therapy to blow, and it's nearing the end of the year, go. and I have not <laughs> we're used. Almost it. at the end of the year here. I know, so I'm just trying to get all my claims in before the end of the year. Oh wow! So how was it? I've never I've never had a massage before. It was great, and I actually had acupuncture for the first time today. Hey now! So uh, I had a needle coming straight out of my head, one out of my ear, and then two in my shoulder. Witchcraft! <laughs> Absolute witchcraft! So on a Sunday, no less. I know, and so now I feel I feel light. I feel uh, I feel great, and I feel ready to take on the next week's adventure. Do you really like? Actually, actually, how do you feel? Like, do you really feel that much different? Uh, I do feel, I do feel pretty good. Now, Calvin, here's one other thought, though. When we started this episode, we said we're going to get quickly to the guest and then banter ah, afterwards. It's so tough. I know it's tough, and it's also a new thing we're trying because when we have guests coming on the show, um, if if they're bringing new listeners with them, we want them to be able to hear their friends sooner. That's our somebody squawked. That is no one squawked. Well, there was a mole. <laughs> There's a rat out there. 
I've got I've had my stories with moles before. So, but actually, this is a decent segue, and, and we'll chat a little bit more after we run our interview yeah. with Jonathan Levy, who who calls himself the zero waste guy. But basically, yes. our conversation centers around this idea of how can we be more mindful about the things that we're using and the impact that we're having on the earth. And I feel like this idea of mindfulness, living with less, and taking care of your body, they all kind of wrap up in one. Mm-hmm. Yep. I uh, Well, I mean, let's just... Let's just get to it. So without further ado, to be this is uh, this is Jonathan Levy. He calls himself Zero Waste Guy, and we have a great conversation. Hashtag Zero Waste Guy. <laughs> and we have a great conversation with him. <laughs> uh, here we go. Let's do it. Okay, uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for uh, finding time to meet with us tonight. Uh, we've been going back a little forth, and I'm glad we could make it work. We're all in uh, our respective time zones. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you start by telling us uh, a little bit about the adventure that you you currently find yourself on? Sure. So I am the self-proclaimed zero-waste guy. Nice. I try to live a completely waste-free life. I try to make, like, literally no trash, but I also try to make no recycling because for various reasons we can talk about, about how there are limitations of recycling. And I try to just reduce, kind of live more as minimal and simple as I can, really a mindful life that is very rich and full at the same time. So, so what got you started down this path? Uh, I was working, you know, corporate America, like a lot of people do, where it was like twelve-hour days in a warehouse, and it was a, this particular was a big corporation, and I was just surrounded by a lot of disposable, single-use stuff. Right. I had taken the job because it paid a lot of money, and it was with a big company, but. Really, it was for the wrong reasons, and I hated it. Hmm. I found myself after work going to happy hour, drinking, eating food, not really having a very good time and kind of resenting the situation. So I had left the job uh, to travel Europe. I had never traveled before, so I was gone for three months, and I was really interested in learning more about sustainability because I thought I was sustainable, but I realized that my lifestyle didn't line up for it Hmm. with it. And when I got back, uh, to the States, I started working with some of the garbage companies, we call them waste haulers, and really working in the dumpsters, working in the trash to help businesses reduce waste. Uh, a lot of individuals started asking me about this, and I realized mm. that I needed to start a blog, so that's why I started the Zero Waste Guy blog, so that way individuals could learn how to reduce waste in their lives too. Where do you think the uh, like the average person is with um, how they are, I mean... Um, environmentally friendly, like where you were, what you uh, where you thought you stood. It's uh, a tough question because I thought I was aware. Like I grew up in right. Northern California near San Francisco, we're very, very liberal, very progressive, very environmentally friendly. But I realized that I was just consuming a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was on the spectrum of things, but I know that like the EPA in America, the Environmental Protection Agency, says that. Uh, Americans consume four and a half pounds of material every single day, so it, it's quite a quite a bit when you when you think about. Well, that's a lot, yeah. You know what you interact with on a daily basis. You probably don't realize that you're generating, or at least I in America am generating that much material. <laughs> well, then so I guess I was just an by, Multiply by three hundred million people, and all of a sudden you're just, just where does all this stuff go? Pretty and staggering. Where does it come from, and what's the deal? Yeah. Uh, yeah, where does it go? That's what we joke in the industry that there is no away. It has to go somewhere. Right. 
Um, so where are you on the journey then? Like, I mean, you kind of made that decision to start changing over your lifestyle and are you kind of, uh, like, do you think you, you fully, uh, are where you, uh, want it to be? Or are you kind of halfway through right now? I am probably as far along as it is reasonable to get. Like I'm trying okay. to figure out how can I encourage people to live this zero waste lifestyle and have it be obtainable. And if yeah. I am going to obsess to be 100% perfect, uh, if I'm fully vested and I can't get to 100% or it takes too much effort, then I can't expect like the average normal person to do that as well. So, you know, I, I say that it's like the, like it takes me 10% of my effort to be 90% effective at zero waste. So I'm somewhere between 90, maybe 95% effective. And I use the rest of my energy to try and motivate other people to reduce waste in their lives as well. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, practically where, uh, what does that look like? I mean, for, for the average guy, you're you're a pretty normal dude. Um, day to day, what uh, what are some of the major changes you've had to make? Uh, well, I'll start with the easier things, which is just re- reduce, like refusing to accept most disposable single-use items, whether it be a coffee cup or a water bottle, a bottle of soda, anything that can't be reused again, refilled. I tr- really try hard to make sure I don't have any of that in my life because that's just like the low-hanging fruit. That's the easy stuff. Uh, the more complex was about a year ago, I was feeling like I had done a really good job at being zero waste, but I was still eating uh, you know, meat on a regular basis. And meat has a really big carbon footprint because of all the water that it takes to raise the crops and feed the animals. And uh, you know, cows create a lot of greenhouse gas emissions. So that was the hardest step was just eliminating meat from my diet. Hmm. What are, what are some other ways, even beyond those? I think those are uh, gr- great places to start. But when we think of zero waste, I mean, there's so many little things that I might throw out on a daily basis. or I just My mind to... is automatically <sighs> thinking to bodily waste. <laughs> <laughs> well, How do we get to zero bodily waste? <laughs> no, but like, zero. I, I don't know. Like I look around my room, and I, and I don't really feel like I have a ton of stuff, but at the same time, I have a ton of stuff, and it all came in some package or something, or I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's really taking a fundamental look at the things that you use every day, and not buying more than you need. Like, if you don't need something, don't buy it. If what mm-hmm. you have still works, then keep using it. Repair it. Uh, fix things that go longer and longer. I really don't do much shopping. I, I buy food. But I don't really you, buy clothes very much because I try and buy things that are well-made that are going to last a really long time. So yeah. that's where maybe as far as zero waste goes, it's really that holistic approach to living a minimalist lifestyle. But the difference maybe between a zero waste person and a minimalist is the zero waste person wants to make sure that you're not throwing away things or getting rid of things that still have value and use in them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, yeah. And yeah, so like the obvious thing goes to, I mean, garbage and recycling. But I mean, I asked you earlier, what are your thoughts on even uh, wasting time and, and things like that? Uh, can, can you just speak about that for a couple minutes? Yeah, the way I look at it is if you're sitting on the freeway stuck in traffic, you are wasting your time. You're causing cars to idle, which uses more fuel. You're adding more emissions to the environment. Uh, it just like time is that's the most valuable thing that we have is our time. So if you're spent wasting it on an inefficient process or doing something that really um, doesn't add value, then you're not really helping yourself out there. Hmm. 
I, I'm kind of interested in this this trip to Europe that that you said you went on. Uh, you kind of leave corporate America behind. You find yourself in Europe. You're now thinking a little bit more about sustainability. What was it about being over there that sparked that? Was it seeing more renewable energy? I mean, I feel as though they have more uh, windmills and stuff over there, or a little bit more uh, ahead of us on on this side of the on this side of the Pacific Ocean. But what 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 were some of the things that really got you uh, built that conviction to make a change? Yeah. Well, if you really want to scare your parents, tell them that it's the middle of 2012, the economy's not great, and you're just going to quit your job to go travel. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, you know, they obviously want me to be, wanted me to be happy, but they were definitely concerned that I was walking away from a good job to go, sure, yeah. and, you know, wander around. But really, my, I had never, I'd been to Europe maybe one time before I'd been to London for a week when I was a kid, but I really hadn't explored Europe at all. I hadn't. I really hadn't explored anywhere on my own. So this was a great opportunity to me, opportunity for me to figure out what was important to me. What did I want to do? Where did I? What did I want to see? And you know, I flew into London, and from London, I literally went to twelve different countries: Portugal, Spain, went to Morocco, and saw that how the rest of the world just really values resources, little things. Even going to a restaurant here in America, they just throw napkins at you, like a big pile of napkins they throw yeah. on the table, even if you yeah. don't need them. And at the end of the meal, they pick them up and they throw them away. And I was in Europe, and they just don't. It's like if you need a napkin, you got to ask for it. Hmm. If you go to a coffee shop, they assume that you're going to sit there and drink the coffee. They don't put it in a throwaway or a takeaway sure. uh, cup, stuff like that. And really, just it was a great opportunity just to see the way another part of the world just deals with the everyday resources a lot of it probably because Europe's a lot older than the US so they the infrastructure is in place they can't really expand mm-hmm. we just at we you know we have garbage trucks we have landfills they're so dense and so small that they don't have the opportunity to just throw all this stuff away it's got you know they don't have anywhere to put it interesting that, um so that's interesting yeah, I mean, so you're doing the blog right now for uh, for your you know your your zero waste guy, and uh, where do you kind of envision? What do you want to do with that? I mean, where where do you see yourself going with that um, in, in the future, and and just you know continuing um, with your project and your lifestyle? Sure, I speak at colleges and other types of workshop events, trying to motivate the, our future generations on ways that they can, you know live low waste lives that are meaningful without feeling like they have to constantly consume uh, left and right and also helping them to figure out well how can they drive environmentalism and sustainability at their jobs kind of shape the future and what they want it to be but I really see it uh, a speaking career where I could just go to place you know universities all over the country and world and really just work with people uh, on a one-on-one basis as well as in front of big groups of people on kind of motivating them and just le- living more conscious and meaningful lives. Hmm. C- can you expand a little bit more on that on that idea of meaning? Um, I think a lot of people do think that, you know, m- meaning comes from having the the better job, the bigger house, the, the newer car. And, you know, I even find myself getting caught up in, in some of that too as – as other friends around you start to do different things, you're kind of like, oh, could we, could I do that? Or 
Um, where where is that meaning when you kind of leave that stuff behind? Like, what are you what are you finding the meaning in? I've really come to appreciate that life is like just one big marathon after the other. Like just when you, Mm. you know, you overcome one obstacle, you think that, you know, you can settle down and then something else happens. And I used to think that I would do like a conditional statement, like an if then statement for my life. If I get that raise, then I will be happy. If I do, if something happens, it was always contingent upon something else happening. And I felt like I was never stopping to enjoy the moment. I got that job, like I said, with that big company, and it was the most money I'd ever made, but I started becoming aware of people I knew who were making more money than me. Uh. I had never, never cared about what kind of car I, I drove. All of a sudden, I wanted a fancier car, and I found myself going down this like rabbit hole of just not valuing or appreciating anything when really I had a good job with great benefits that paid really well. And I just didn't appreciate it. So now when I look at what's that meaning, what's that value, it's like, I don't, you know, I don't know where I'm going to go when I'm not here anymore, but I want to make sure that the legacy I leave behind is something that's positive and meaningful. You know, we don't remember people for the things they, they own, you know, it's, it's that, it's that, that impact, that legacy. Hmm. And I'm trying to figure out, well, how can I, how can I leave the world better than I, better than I found it? It's something really important, especially I'm sure the outdoor community that you guys speak to can agree right you go out in nature and you see trash all over the place that's yeah. it leaves a negative negative yeah pretty discouraging so hmm. um you, you touched earlier just on um on kind of you're you're at a place where um it's it's reasonable you can handle where you're at right now with waste control um what is the tipping point getting into unreasonable <laughs> getting into unreasonable i I think that a lot of it is making those everyday decisions to carry your reusable coffee cup and things around yeah. with you, carry utensils around with you. It seems like kind of silly, like carry but, around my... Do you know people doing this? And is there is there a movement of people that are uh, into this and, and seemingly unreasonable? Uh, go on to Instagram and look for hashtag zero waste and you'll find people that are bringing mason jars into grocery yeah. stores and making right, right, the right. cashier weigh the mason jar first. Nice. Uh, so that that's great, but that's not something that everyone, you know, everyone can potentially do. But it's really looking at those everyday things that we are doing or our, our everyday habits and uh, trying to be mindful of the amount of material and waste that you're generating and then also, uh, if you eat meat, that's your decision. But just remember that the biggest environmental impact you can have is by eating less less meat. Right. So, is that is it even greater than not driving a car? Uh, going vegan for one year has a greater impact on the environment than giving up your car for a year. Very interesting. So yeah, they said mm. that like if. Wow. Uh, if cow, if livestock, so food that we raise just to eat, if it was its own country, it'd be the third largest greenhouse gas contributor behind the U.S. and China. Wow. So livestock have a very big impact. Does that include the livestock in both China and America? <laughs> probably. Probably. But you get the idea. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Well, so one other thing that that is always interesting to me when it when it comes to this topic is true is truly that idea of, of what can I do? What is the level that I need to get to, to be kind of 
net neutral because I think in the West, especially, we are consuming way more than than if if you whatever if you broke up here's consumption across the entire world everybody gets one share i don't know what we're using here probably seven to ten shares of what's out there um i I always want to know okay for me someone who lives here who is well off doesn't have to worry about putting gas in my car or groceries in my basket i am one of the most fortunate people on the entire planet what does it look like for me to live a sustainable lifestyle like what do i what are all the things i have to give up to bring myself down to a place where i am neutral in the mm. consumption versus yeah and your contribution yeah is that, is, that, is that thought of been thought about I, I it has been thought about but i don't know if there's necessarily a, you know a, a specific game plan that says if you do all these things you are at the right level because there is so much waste that we generate so much indirect waste uh i know this is you know an international audience but i my the numbers i have are mostly to the you know u.s audience that americans in the united states were five percent of the world's population but we use about one third of all the resources totally so literally no different in canada really if you're in the western world just take a step back and think about everything you're doing and just think about yeah you know really just conserving and being mindful if everyone was just mindful of the decisions they made whether it be like to buy some new appliance when the one you have at home still works or or it's to eat less meat or it's to just think about the things that you buy before you buy them and if you really need them hmm. so really it's maybe a heightened state of consciousness if we're just more mindful of the like the impact that the decisions we make have on other things on the environment yeah and I think that's the tough thing, right? Because you really don't see the impact. I mean, I walk into a grocery store, I look at the meat counter, I'm like, well, I could buy this and I could contribute to it or I could leave it. And then it's they're still going to have as big a meat counter tomorrow. So it's always been frustrating for me to really think about, well, do I really make a difference? Right. It, it's tough to think about, think about it on an individual level. And I think there's like a lot of value in... Um, well, kind of in in the community of social media and and even like yeah, like doing like a hashtag zero waste guy, just being able to be a part of that community, I think is makes you feel like you are contributing positively and and you're uh, yeah, kind of teaming up and and fighting this together. Yeah, one of the advantages we have with our connected our connected world is that you want to connect with someone who's into anything that you're interested in. You just go online, and you can find that that group. Very and true. Yeah. Instagram. Like when I was really questioning, like, is it worth trying to hustle to get convince businesses that they should work with me on being more sustainable? Yeah. And I want you know I get discouraged. I just go onto like Instagram and you see the supportive people that are living and breathing it. They're not all. They live all over the world. They have kids. Some don't have kids. They're different ages, different yeah. backgrounds. It's really cool to see that. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's just been one thing that's always been on my mind. Is I, I generally like to kind of probably similar to you like to think that i uh am trying to do my part but then at the same time i kind of can get a little bit discouraged and just say well eh, i mean really what's what's going to be the big deal or you know one tanker oil spill in the middle of the ocean and anything that i've ever tried to do is just wiped out in one fell swoop so how do we change some of these more systemic issues within our society and within our world 
But, uh, you know, I guess it does probably start with, with each individual make, starting to make different decisions. Absolutely. If you stopped buying, like I was actually thinking about it earlier today. I used to go to the grocery store and I would buy the meat that was like, it was like expiring that day. So it was marked down by yeah. 30% or 50%. And I used to say to myself, oh, well, they're going to throw it away anyway. But then I changed my frame of thought was that if we stop buying this stop buying this particular product, it's going to reduce the, ma- the the demand, which means that over time the business is going to produce less of it because we're not demanding it yeah. as mm-hmm. much. Well, I do uh, agree with you guys, though, that it's really hard that we always want tangible results. So you work out, you can see your weight loss. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, we want to know that like don- donating to this environmental defense fund is going to have an impact or taking a shorter shower is going to have an impact on the drought, which we've had in California for four years now yeah, or something. seriously. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it's the environment's one of those things that's pretty, you know, you can see it. You can see the impact of climate change when you're out in nature or just out in everyday life. But it's really hard to figure out, you know, exactly what your personal impact is, which sure. is why it's important to just be mindful of everything that you do. Hmm. Um, Jonathan, I've got a, a practical question for you, and you may or may not know this because you don't uh, encounter this living in Pasadena. But heat is obviously um, a big thing for Canadians heating their houses. Um, what do you think is the most uh, sustainable and I don't know resourceful way to heat a house? <laughs> uh, it's pretty it's funny you ask that because it's like uh been in like the 50 50 degree fahrenheit range in southern <laughs> california and oh people, really people are uh complaining that it's it's cold when i realize you guys probably walk around in shorts and t-shirts and, and that that kind of weather um oh well, yeah i would be like <clears throat> butt naked in that weather man that's so hot <laughs> so i that's hilarious I, I don't know the exact answer to that question. I will say okay. that we are go- we're moving away from building homes with wood-burning fireplaces, at least in California. Yep. Okay. Uh, it's pretty widely accepted that commercial commercially generated power is more efficient than like the small generated power in your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, I mean, I could tell you to wear a jacket when you're in your house, but obviously there's a comfort yeah, level yeah. associated with not having your parka on. Especially All when we're time. at minus 20 here in the, in Canada. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole different whole different world compared to what I'm Well, yeah, to. no, I, I, I ask, I mean, I think about that a lot as I, you know, so I heat my house just with uh, a very little wood stove, and that's our only source of heat, and I just kind of think, I don't know, like, I kind of feel it, it's absolutely the most uh, economical as far as price goes, and, uh, and I don't know if it's... Uh, but I mean, I always just look and I see like this billowing smoke off into the atmosphere, and I think, huh, not my problem. <laughs> but uh, just like I, I don't know what that means, like like all that smoking up there. If it's if it, I mean, I'm sure surely it's not uh, natural. And I mean, I, I feel good because it's well, it you know, the woods coming from the forest that the I get to time, gather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I that's this is why I say that zero waste is a lifestyle, not yes. necessarily not the letter of the law. Like I work so hard to be as waste-free as possible. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I solar power is very popular in California, so I'm not going to hold yeah. it against you because I have solar power and you don't or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you're using the infrastructure that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really takes just really that mindful individual, though, to be really move move everything forward because we really need to change the way our infrastructure is just in general, right? Mm-hmm. The, the infra- mm-hmm. Having an efi- efficient power grid can have a huge impact 
as an example. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a big issue right now. Uh, natural gas. Uh, we had a big pipeline burst like a year ago, I think it was in Southern California, and it caused like one quarter of all of our emissions we would have had in the whole year were like wow. released in the atmosphere in like a week. So people are like, okay, we'll just yeah. shut down that shut down that well. We don't need this natural gas anymore. But then when the winter comes wow. around and people want to heat their houses or they want yeah, to yeah. have a have a warm shower, it's like that material has to that yeah. that fuel has to come from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing too. I think about Calvin and his his wood burning stove, where, you know, he I, I was out out there with him the other the other weekend, and we were scavenging wood from the forest. So it's free, it's already dead, and it's kind of like, oh, this this is kind of sustainable. We're not burning fossil fuels that we have right. to get out from the center of the earth and get them into a truck or get them into a pipeline and get them to the house. And so, it, it is it is really interesting to kind of weigh out what is the, you know the balance of money and the environment and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I struggle with it. I know that organic produce is better for me than non-organic produce, but I still go to the, go to the farmer's market and I go, man, this stuff seems expensive. Yeah. So I totally understand that you have to weigh, you have to weigh and balance, weigh all that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you did touch on something though, uh, indirect waste. Uh, you're talking about all the transportation costs and things like that. Yeah, sure. I think that when people, it's more than just uh, not using that, disposable coffee cup it's knowing that every single time every single time you have a cup of coffee that some point somewhere probably in asia a cup was manufactured in a really dirty facility it was shipped across all the way across the ocean or wherever it is to get to you just so you could use it one time so yep and that's to say nothing about the bean that was harvested also <laughs> thousands of miles right. away and in peru shipped or flown all the way across and then put on a uh, boat and then put on a truck and then brought to a place that also is burning hydro and it's just so like I just yeah I mean yeah you can track it back pretty far yeah like in university I was like fully gung ho and like bit like Mister I'm not gonna say Mister Environmental but I was trying to be really conscious about everything and every day at the cafeteria I would make sure to use a reusable thing and then. I think I've been getting a little bit more discouraged over the past few years, so it's it, it's been nice for me to get my mindset in this and to chat with you again today to really, you know, gain some yeah. conviction that you know we actually can do something. And again, it starts with people like us in this room, and and hopefully like our listeners to say, yeah, you know what, I'll bring my travel mug with me on a daily basis. Yeah, we mm -hmm. call it that all that indirect waste that you were mentioning. We call it wasteberg, like the tip, like a tip of an iceberg, but yeah, like right, the tip right, of a right. wasteberg, right? So. Uh, right, like you know, the you cup only is see, the tip, right? That thing I have in my yeah, hand. Yeah, all the energy and resources it took to extract all the raw materials out of the ground or to cut down the trees and process them and transport everything all over the country or all over the world. Uh, they say that for every one pound of waste that you throw away, there was about 70 pounds of upstream waste. Wow. Craziness. So, so, so where crazy. is it all going? Like, Are we truly destroying the earth every single day in a major way? Well, they say that, you know, if everyone consumed like the United States, we would need four Earths to support all the uh, natural natural resources. Um, this year, we call it Earth Overshoot Day, which means like at what point did we consume all the resources that the Earth would have been able to like regenerate on its own? When over is the that? Okay. Year? So this year it was in August. Oh. So 
we only made it into August before we had used all the resources. So, you know, we're really just borrowing them from the future. Yeah. Right? That's very so, scary. You know. Yeah. It's, mm. it's so interesting because on one hand, you know, the Earth, like, always surprises us with how incredible it is. It still makes crops or it can produce so much energy through the tides and the wind and the sun. And then on the other hand, it's still so easy for us to just rip every single, you know, piece of, I, I don't know, ore out of a, out of a mine or out of a quarry or just to just rip it all out just as fast as it was able to make it. But I don't know. Yeah, the, the earth is the earth is probably more robust than we are. <laughs> sure. You know, it'll probably be here after after humans are no, no longer around. Right, right. So do you take an optimistic look at the future or a pessimistic view of the future? Oh, I have a very optimistic view of the future. I have no choice because I'm fighting for something that I believe in. So if I didn't have right. an optimistic view, uh, I really think that as our resource, as the population of the world grows and our resources become more scarce, uh, you're either going to be more environmentally friendly, more sustainable because you want to, or because you just have to, because we're just consuming more resources than the earth can produce. Hmm. Right. You're, so you're the guy that, people are going to cling to in the uh, case of a natural disaster that someone's already uh, thought of all these things that uh, are the inevitable. Yeah. It's really funny because you could start right now by just living more mindful, being more conscious mm -hmm. of your actions and decisions. Yeah. You know, if, when you wait for something to be a problem, you're you're always scrambling, and you don't always get the best the best solution. Sure. Best option. It's, you know, really is a lifestyle to be just in general, whether you're environmental or not. Just being mindful of your everyday actions mm -hmm. is definitely a, a conscious lifestyle choice. Well, and we we spoke on this a bit earlier, even just um. Just dealing with uh, labels and restrictions. I mean, and you, you said you are a vegan, but, you know, there was a but there. And I think that's kind of something that's kind of, it's been kind of goofy, like how, I mean, how restrictive all these dietary um, labels can be. And, and I kind of like that you're breaking that down. And it does have to be a, a mindset and whatever works for you and exactly like whatever is within reason. And you have to have a goal. Yeah. So I, I, definitely live a vegan lifestyle but i call my i say that i'm on a plant-based diet because i don't eat meat uh, i'm i avoid dairy and eggs at all costs i'm sure there are times when you eat food but that's why i'm very hesitant to say like absolute because there's definitely gonna be times where i exactly, eat something yeah. that has something in it i don't seek it out and i get i realize that when you even calling myself the zero waste guy is very deliberate, but it's also kind of pigeonholes me because then right. maybe that's part of the reason why I called myself that. Cause then people, people are like I looking at me and they're like, Oh, one thing out. But that's good though. Right? Like that's, yeah. I, don't know, I mean, it people thinking about it. Well, it exactly. Yeah. Of, you know, and sometimes people will say, you know, I was going to do something, but then I thought about what, what would the zero waste guy do? Right. Yeah. What would he say if he saw this, you know? So really uh, zero waste veganism to me, they are lifestyles, their choices to be very, mindful of the decisions that I make in my life. And that's what I really encourage people to do. Because mm -hmm. if I say, if I say the only way to save the world is you got to be zero waste and vegan tomorrow, you're going to look at me and say, how, how do I do that? You know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. seems way, way, way unobtainable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you just start doing it little bits and pieces, better decisions every day makes a big difference. So what about like in the in the holiday season, one little cup of eggnog here and there? Would you be uh, would you <laughs> indulge in that if it uh, if the opportunity came your way? 
Yeah, you know, there's probably like uh, there's probably a an almond milk nog Ooh, that tastes yeah. fantastic. I'll have to check that out once <laughs> I'm d- once I'm done this carton. <laughs> no, I just uh, I just tried uh, I tried vegan eggs that are made from algae. Okay. And they were uh, surprisingly surprisingly tasty. Did you do a side by side taste test? I could see I, that as being a similar uh, texture. That, I, I did not do a side by side taste test. I said, like, <laughs> I see what you're trying to do there. I, uh, I'm sure if we you, gotta you catch know, with, with any with any with any plant based alternative, if you compare it head to head with the the meat or animal version, yeah, you're probably going to be disappointed because well, it's, yeah, of course, it's not the same thing. But yeah, yeah. it they were tasty. It's definitely a little. If you were eating them side by side with eggs, and eggs were your preferred thing, you'd probably be hard to go sure. to go algae instead. But they're definitely a great alternative for people. Yeah, who yeah. Don't and, eat and eggs. it is amazing where where technology is going. I was watching some video that came across my feed the other day where they're talking about how they're now starting to be able to make simulated meat, and you know they're able to grow it with the same types of DNA, but do it in a lab, and that all sketches me out hearing it and seeing it, but. That might be the way of the future. Well, I can't speak to that. That I, I'm familiar with it, but I can't speak to the exact merits of it. But we really just need an a more efficient food system yeah. in this world. Uh, it's we you know we waste so much food in the manufacturing of the growing of crops and every and transportation and everything. So if there's a way to make food that is safe and healthy in an unconventional way, but solves one of these many food challenges we have, I'm all for it. Yeah, for hmm. sure. Uh, Jonathan, every episode we get uh, just a couple practical tips for our listeners to kind of take away from the conversation. Um, I think we've already touched on a lot of those, but do you have a couple, um, just a couple that stick out just for uh, people maybe uh, wanting to dip their toes in this world? Absolutely. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but like the easiest thing you can do is carry a reusable water bottle and coffee cup with you mm-hmm. wherever you go. That way, you'll find that by having that water bottle, you will drink more water, which mm. will cause you to drink less soda, beer, whatever else. Yeah, right? yeah. It'll just be better hydrated. Uh, when you bring that coffee cup with you, it'll be that conscious decision that you're being mindful of your actions, which I think is really important. And you know, I'd really challenge you to just, if you are a meat eater, a hardcore carnivore, I challenge you to find a vegan meal that you can eat to replace it, even just one day a week. If everybody who ate meat just replaced one meal with a non non uh, animal based item, I think that would really drive a lot of a lot of a lot of positive change, a lot of positive yeah. impact. No, that that's a huge one, and I think that's and I, I I always think that that's kind of the big one for a lot of people that they don't want to touch, but it's uh, yeah, I think that's <laughs> it's great as you put that. Like it is a challenge, right? Like and it's. Uh, yeah, a bit of a call to action for uh, for people and for ourselves. Absolutely. And that's reasonable. I mean, one meal per week. I think that's so reasonable, yeah. Right? There's so many. There are actually some really good uh, vegan and ve- even just vegetarian meals out there. And there's whole cookbooks and cultures and uh, things built up behind that. So I, I, I think those are all really, really great tips that... People can walk away with and say, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start down uh, the adventure of of moving towards zero waste." And and I know that uh, even after this conversation, there's a few things that I have been more diligent on in the past that I've slacked a little bit um, that I think I might uh, that I might turn around. So thanks so much for coming on the show, Jonathan. This has been great. Oh, thanks for having me. 
Jonathan, good luck. Uh, good luck with the blog and and with the uh, with the business moving forward. And I'm really interested to see uh, where you go with that. Um, you can yeah. Can you just give us uh, your uh, your handles? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at zero waste guy, on Twitter at zero waste guy one. Yes, there's actually somebody that beat me to it on Twitter, <laughs> but he doesn't even he doesn't use it. I don't know. Maybe you can go send him a direct message and tell him to release it. If enough people do that, he'll let it go. We'll have and then. Yeah, right. And then you go to zerowasteguy.com is my website and blog uh, where you can just send me a message, connect, or zerowasteguy at gmail.com. You can send me an email. Awesome. This has been really great. We'll uh, put those links in the show notes and make sure that people know how to get in touch with you uh, if they're interested. Cool, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. All right. Another great interview. Thank you, Jonathan, for spending some time with us. And Calvin, now we can get back to a Thank little you, bit of Zero. banter. Um, and we can stay on this topic a little bit because there was a lot of stuff after this interview. Oh, I know. Calvin so it was cool. Like, I was just we like saying to you earlier, after we did this conversation with him this week, I, it's been in my mind all week. It really has. Just the idea of waste and and like I see visually tons and tons of waste in my work. And, uh, and, I, and I was just kind of wondering like, man, a lot of it is, I think, centered around these big corporations that like if they changed one little habit in uh, how they dealt with waste, it would have a huge effect. And of course, oh, there's lots on the individual, but I just was thinking like, mm, that person that's bringing the mason jar to the grocery store, having them weigh it, then putting their um, soybeans in there to pay for it. I don't know how much of an effect that's really having, um, but I just like think like the big scale is kind of what Jonathan is angling and he's doing, you know, consulting for businesses and getting them to change similar habits, which I think is the... Uh, that's the big fruit to catch there. Yeah, I think it's an interesting combination because that's why I asked about this idea of, you know, one oil spill and any work that I could have possibly done is just wildly undone. Well, so exactly, I think it's this yeah. interesting blend of coming up with innovative and crea- creative solutions to use, wh- whether it's technology or yeah. other things. And it to, sounds to like a bit of an waste. excuse, but I don't think it's too yeah. much of an excuse because I think if you if you really were rigid in the company you worked for and how they operate, I think that would change uh, the way you operated personally hmm. with waste. Yeah. Anyways, I just think there's an interesting interplay there between being a sustainable person, living yourself a sustainable lifestyle, and then also trying to bring s- those types yeah. of solutions to the world that we live in. So Kate and I went to uh, just a little coffee shop after uh, after church this afternoon, and we just yep. g- get a little um, little brunch for ourselves and a coffee, and uh, we were going to sit down in there, so I specifically asked the, uh, the barista or the person there for uh, my coffee in a in a cup and yep. my uh, little bagel on a plate and uh, i got the bagel on a plate but i got my coffee in a paper cup Ooh. so i tried it's just been so did you did you th- did you send it back no because they had no cups available that I- is honestly the worst so get this there's time and, and this is this has happened to me too i've gone to tim hortons and i'm ordering from the drive-thru yeah and i will order and i will say i have a travel mug Yes. And as I pull up to the window, yep. they have it. In I a will. Cup. S- no, they don't have it in a cup. I give them. Well, they do have it in a cup. I pass them my travel mug. They pour the cup oh, into my no. cup. I'm not kidding. Yeah, that's what they do. Isn't that shocking? It, it, and it's not shocking, but it's just discouraging. I'm not at well, all shocked that they would do that. And there was another thing that I found, too, when I was at Starbucks on my latest road trip where I was asking for a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. And I feel like their breakfast. I really enjoy their breakfast sandwiches. I think they're good, and they always are super piping hot. Okay. This time around, I saw them 
pull out a breakfast sandwich in a pa- in a plastic bag. Yeah. Pull it out and then stick it in the oven. So they're all every single Starbucks breakfast sandwich is pre-made in a pre-package. Yeah. And it was made me kind of sad. So I don't know that they're all like that, but I've definitely seen that and I've just like that's kind of uh really crushed me to see that. And it especially really that I'm paying the like wrong way. 8 bucks for it. But I yeah, that's really like that's like everything at Starbucks at all. It's all like that. Like all the all the goops and crap all come out of this big machine and there's nothing like artisanal about their coffee. It's just all you just press a button on a big silver machine. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a little bit depressing. But uh, what are some things, Calvin, that would be hilarious to try to live without in terms of bringing yourself to a zero-waste lifestyle? Oh, my gosh. Well, the one question that I thought of afterwards, after we talked with Jonathan, was toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> what does he do? And it, it, exactly, that's something that you would maybe have a difficult time living without. Yeah, I would definitely have a difficult time living without it. Um, uh, I, I raised that question with Katie. She said, uh, what about a bidet? But days are great. Um, uh, however, then you're could, you're making more gray water. <laughs> oh yeah, you're making more gray water, right? Like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the one thing no, I want. That's that's the thing that I wish I knew about this whole sustainability movement, where it's like, you know what? Here, don't wash your hands. Not not don't wash your hands. Sorry, don't use one roll of toilet paper. Use X amount of water in a bidet. Like yeah. that's the equivalent. So in my mind, that's better. I think water usage would be uh, the better way to go wouldn't you probably in canada where we have so much of it we just have unlimited water but again all of that stuff goes to the wastewater treatment anyway and they just are somehow able to funnel all the paper out of it that's true have you ever been they're called uh, they're called lagoons have you ever been to one of those are they disgusting i've never been to one but i've heard i know where one is near um like in our county or whatever it's yeah. way, way back in the middle of nowhere, and it's quite—it's literally a lagoon where they pump all of the raw sewage that they get from people's, uh, like pumping people's septic tanks and things like that. And wow. I just, it, it, it just—I've never seen it, and I've never really heard much about it, other than I know that's ba- the gist of it. And it just sounds like the most horrific place on earth. Well, and that's the other interesting thing about the way we've built our society, where we've built it so that we don't ever have to see any of the nasty. That's right. Right? Like, I was thinking about that. I was like, here's a toilet. I'm going to literally flush stuff away, and I'm never going to have to see it again. Flush it away. I put stuff in my garbage bin. I never, ever have to see it again. So it's really hard for us as a normal citizen to quantify our impact. I mean, four pounds of garbage per person per day, like, that is a stat that you can, like think about or I know, try to come I to know. terms with but that's that's what I find interesting about this whole conversation where life kind of seems to move on and because it's all pumped away we don't really see a need to change our behavior yeah it's very interesting and then I just wonder too um, I, I even feel like recycling is kind of this um, uh, uh, like a feel-good kind of thing like I don't know how efficient or I don't really know much about recycling but i Basically, like we produce a ton of recycling. Like we, our garbage pickup is gar- uh, recycling every week, garbage every two weeks. So yep. it just kind of encourages you to separate everything, and you know, just yeah, you know, I don't know, take it one step further. But I mean, we still like there's still quite a bit of recycling, and it's like yeah, yeah no, it's not garbage, but I mean, this recycling has got to go somewhere too. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of interesting research done on recycling, and if I think about the three R's: reduce, reuse, recycle. Probably the best one is just to reduce, reduce the amount of stuff that you have to deal with. Yeah, that's true. I know. I was thinking and, about this and today. probably reuse too because there's a lot of good stuff 
I think this is what Jonathan was saying as well. There's a lot of good stuff that we throw away that can be used. But in my mind, when I'm decluttering, I, I do just want to throw stuff away. I don't want to have to take 100 trips to the thrift store or I try know. to find a home for this. Or, or try and put know. things up on Kijiji that aren't really yeah, worth it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and I was thinking about this today too. Like I had to go today to Home Depot to buy a, a little thing, a, a chalk line. And it comes in one of those little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plastic packages that's like, there's paper on the back, then plastic wrapped around the whole thing, and it's very nicely wrapped up. And it's like, ah, oh, like, I need this stupid little thing. And like... This is the only way I can get it's it. It's 12 bucks, and it is brand new, it, all plastic, and it, quite a bit of plastic packaging. And I'm like, yeah. well, what's my option here? Like, I need this thing for work, and I, th- it's not like I can go search used, you know, $10 chalk lines, right? No, 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 no. So it's just, I don't know, I just like, it's kind of like disheartening. And, and as Jonathan said, like, you need to operate in reality and what is reasonable. But I mean, still, that's where we're at. It's almost, it's very difficult to do anything other than, um, it's, it's always just going to be the most convenient thing, right? To buy brand new. Yeah, for sure. So beyond some low waste, uh, you know, things we can do to, to affect our lifestyle, what do we think are some low waste adventures people can go on? Oh, low waste adventures. Um, hmm. Probably taking an RV that just guzzles fuel as far as possible. Yeah, that like, hasn't had an e-test since 1979. That's probably a good idea. That's probably I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say, um, <laughs> never mind, I'm not going to say that. All right. I was going to say for all, all those parents out there, just try doing the, the, the cloth diaper thing. Why wouldn't you say that? Because then it's going to come right back on me in a few months. Uh, would you consider it? We haven't even had that discussion, to be honest with you. I don't even know what a lot of my friends do. I don't know what the diaper situation is these days. Um, I've always thought that I would really want to do that for sure. Right. Have you ever? Do, do you know what the process is? Uh, buy diapers and then you got to wash them and... It's it's way nastier. Yeah, I think it's quite in every way. I think it's pretty nasty in every way. So I I, I would maybe uh, yeah there must be someone could should set up like uh, a trial run, so people can actually see if they really want to get into that. They probably they probably have that kind of stuff that's out there. Um, m- cousins of mine actually own a cloth diaper company. Oh, and they like pick up the uh, soiled linens. No, they may. I don't know if they do that, but they basically make them and ship them and distribute them. That would sell be them. unbelievable if there was a service that picked up the soiled diapers and dropped off a packet of fresh ones. Ooh, probably be a fortune. Interesting. Probably not up where you are in the middle of nowhere. Okay, I'm not in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> Jer. <laughs> I live in Malibu North. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know, Jer. It, uh, I mean. So, sorry, what you say, um, zero or low waste um, adventuring? Adventures. Adventures. Um, hmm. I think hiking, camping, all those are really interesting, right? Because especially if you try to, to catch your own fish and eat your own food and yep, yep. Um, just enjoy nature, you know, it costs nowhere to, and to also, take, take some steps out your front door. Yeah, and also just like thinking about activities that don't cost you a lot of money. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But like, I mean, don't cost you a lot of money as in like, so say you want to do something like a three-day weekend. If you can do something that doesn't cost you money to just to enjoy yourself, like you're not right. paying for your entertainment. You're going to a cottage with a bunch of friends and you're just chilling there for like three days and you're not out like buying stuff. Like, I think that's just, I don't know. I, 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 that's always my favorite kind of thing. And I just think that's uh, everyone enjoys that. It's also like makes it available for 
all of your like everyone can enjoy uh, a weekend like that or, or that kind of adventuring because yeah like everyone's on different budgets especially for entertainment that's like the last thing that people really have spare cash for so doing it yeah. as um, inexpensively as possible in my mind is very low waste yeah I like that a lot I like that also riding transit also riding transit a la Chad Nicholson a la Chad Nicholson that actually would be a fun King. podcast when you guys were t- when you guys were chatting about that, like just transit stories. <laughs> it would be like a ten minute weekly podcast where you just have someone's transit story. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be fun. That'd be pretty funny. I love taking public transit. I, re- <laughs> I love I love it. It's so fun. I always I always feel really accomplished when I get to where I was supposed to go. Oh my goodness! Yes, hugely accomplished. And I've taken the public public transit in Vancouver a bunch from the airport oh, to downtown okay. and to l- visit my in-laws so they don't have to drive as far. Yep, yep. And I honestly feel so good every time I get where I need to go. Yeah, that's very true. Hmm. You feel like you're just doing the environment a service. It was a good price. Every second you're on that thing, you're it's just a good feeling all around. As long as you got it. Well, not even as long as you got a seat. Even if you got to stand, then you're like, wow, I'm standing so someone else can sit real hero moment and like just packing on more people it's just making it a more efficient ride oh it's like so when good. you uh buy your lift ticket at the ski hill and it costs you fifty dollars and your first run down costs you fifty dollars but your second run down costs 25. you 25 bucks and it just keeps going and going until you get to a dollar a run Unbelievable. um speaking of wasting cash Ooh, and just burning it i have to go to the dentist again this week ah talk about burning cash at the dentist Self-employed guy, you can't get them to pay for your dentist like I can get my dentist and RMT paid for, eh? Here's the deal with the with the dentist. What, what I figured out being self-employed, they, I think they're. I don't know about this, but I've heard that there is a different charge the second Ooh. they find out you're on benefits. So I, I I always cry poor when I'm at the dentist. Nice. And they usually cut me a bit of a deal. That's excellent. Yeah, it is excellent. So um, what are they doing? What are they doing for you? Oh, just a regular. You know, I'm just a reg. Um, clean up and you know. Uh, so I, I went the other, a couple weeks ago, um, and just, and I'm not a flosser and, um, I've never been a big flosser. I brush good my for teeth you to once admit a day. That out loud. It's good to admit that. Did you say once a day? I brush my teeth once a day. At night or in the morning? At night. I rarely floss. Um, and. Does your wife kiss you in the morning? That's disgusting, dude. No, it's not. It's so much more than, and than like in the last tw- 30 years that's like 10 times the amount that the normal population has brushed their teeth um anyways that is what i've just gotten used to and i never get cavities um you're throwing out some wacky stats here buddy (laughs) can i finish my point yes you would not believe like did you ever see that seinfeld when jerry brings his sob to the uh the mechanic who just like tears a strip off him for like leaving the oil change late and stuff like that <laughs> yeah that is like every time i go to the dentist like this <laughs> the uh the hygienist just tears a strip off me for it fully admitting that i never floss and uh yeah and just just really making you feel like garbage and i'm like wait what well i have no cavities like everything's it is funny good with that kind of thing it's yeah, all good they they your car keeps running for whatever reason when even if you're a few thousand kilometers over you're still on the car analogy your teeth don't hurt like you're, it's not like your teeth are just dying and screaming in pain when you get to the hygienist so like i don't know 
I don't know either. Teeth are a weird thing. Like I think I feel like everything else in my body like self heals except teeth, right? Yeah, good point. So I had this uh, this tooth in in my uh, mouth, a baby tooth that did not have an adult tooth under it. So uh, okay, yeah, and it had a cavity. So they did a root canal it's to try still to a save baby it. Tooth. Well, so this was the thing. So there was no adult tooth. So they tried to save the baby tooth after it had a cavity. Oh, okay. But then it died and fell out. And so now I have a hole where there was no adult tooth to come in. So I have this big hole where one of my molars is supposed oh, to yeah, be. Oh, yeah, yeah. And every time I go to the dentist, they just warn me about how it's basically the end of the world that I don't have a tooth there, that my gum is going to recede and my whole mouth is going to fall away. And, you know, they're going to have to do bone grafting. And it costs like four or $5,000 to put a tooth in. And I honestly don't miss it that much. <laughs> That's a great story. I the, the the cost is absurd, right? For for what it is, really, and I and I totally understand. Like they are a surgeon, but I only I only see the actual dentist for forty five seconds when I go to the dentist. <laughs> yeah. All of it is the hygienist. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and yeah. I think you're they're the they're the true lifeblood of the office. Yeah, the workhorses. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. So anyway, there's some adventures in, in self-care and some adventures in <laughs> How trying to, to self-care, <laughs> trying to get down to zero waste. You with your regular I don't know. massages. No, it was you. You talked about about napping right at the beginning. Oh, that's right. Recharging. That's, that's yeah. actually a good name for the title of this, this episode. It'll make people want to click on it. Self-care. Self-care. <laughs> Not at all related. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good, Jerry. Well, I'm going to just get, you know, hit the sack, go for a nap. I think that's healthy. You know, just to, oh, it's very just healthy. It'll, it'll, I think it's good for your mind, really. It's good for your mind. It's good for your body. It's good for your soul. Um, Something it's, about it's probably honestly good for your wife because you're not going to be so cranky all the time. It's true. I am a, I'm a cranky person. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, thank you for listening to the Open Road Podcast this week. We hope that the things we talked about helped you find more adventure uh, in your everyday. If you want to find us on the web, www.openroadpod.com on Instagram at openroadpod. You can get in touch with Jonathan at zerowasteguy.com and we'll post uh, links to all of his stuff in the show notes. And that's about it for us. Our uh, practical tip for the week, try going paperless. Let <laughs> us know how it works out. You got to do something got... with all those old envelopes and bills you have that you still get in the mail. Yeah, great point. Try going paperless. Paperlesspost.com if you're sending out invites, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was leaning toward the, uh, the, uh, the uh, toilet paper <gasps> thing, but... Uh, yeah. Oh, paperless. Paperless. That's what you mean. Like, yeah. Fl- yeah. See how much Just go, go grab some leaves, some pine needles, and those old envelopes for your old. Hey, pills. one other quick win about uh, going, going, uh, going green. Uh, we always get a newspaper thrown onto mm-hmm. our driveway, and I always just wing it right into the recycling bin immediately. And uh, so what I did a little while ago is right in the middle of our driveway where they usually throw it, I just left it there for one full week. And then they haven't given me a paper since. Really? Yeah. They have not given one yet. I thought you were going to so say it was kind of like this secret sign. Starter. No, I don't do that. It was like this sign that I left them instead of having to call in and ask them not to. Can't see those yeah. Well, that's another good, uh, a good practical tip as we send you off. Leave a sign. Leave a sign for those who Cancel the newspaper. It is the most useless <laughs> thing ever. Thank uh. you for printing a portion of the internet for me. <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs>